GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by a man who secretly tells me he fantasizes about having three breasts. Hovercraft Joe! Oh boy, you know, right right before we started recording, uh, LBJ's like, "Well, hold on a second, I got to think of my intro," and then he's like, "Okay, I got it." Not what I was expecting. No, nope. <laughs> it's a new year. It's a new year. I wanted to bring some something new to the show, and I really well, failed because it's kind of the same old. Well, yes, but yes, we should say uh, happy twenty twenty three, everyone. We are. Still here, still going strong. Uh, And we are starting a new theme month because, as you guys know, we love theme months now. Uh, And this is one that we've kind of talked about doing for a while, but uh, we're finally pulling the trigger on it. This is Remake Month. We're doing four movies that have remakes that we've already covered on the podcast, the original versions. I think that's the best way to describe it. No, that's perfect. That's that's a great way to describe it because that's, I mean, pretty much the only way to describe it. <laughs> it's really Fair enough. You really can't do anything different than that. That's true. And we're starting off the month with the 2012 Total Recall. Uh, not to be confused with the original, which we did cover. Here's a, a, a pop quiz for you, uh, LPJ. Oh, yeah? Pop quiz, you say? Pop quiz, hot shot. There it is. Do New you- technology, guys. We got the sounds back. It only took me a year and a half. Actually, I think probably two years, but probably I was gonna say longer. We did it. Do you remember what episode it was that we covered the original Total Recall on? Like what episode number? Episode number? Yeah. Was it one fifty? That you're you're way too way too high, man. Oh, we we covered it that long ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll give you one other guess. All right, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, episode number seventy-five. Close. It was episode seventy. Okay. So, All right. So quite a long time ago that we. It covered was a the long original. time ago, considering we're on episode like two eleven now, so, something like that. Yeah. Two. Yeah. It, it was definitely a long time ago. We were we were in the studio. So it, it was, yeah, I think, I think according to uh, iTunes, it was like 2019. So wow. there you go. Uh, okay. So uh, this version of Total Recall, the 2012 version of Total Recall is released on August 3rd, 2012. Uh, LPJ, do you have any kind of background with this uh, particular version of Total Recall? <clears throat> um, I remember hearing about the recall being the, the recall, the, the remake being made. Uh, and I was a little dumbfounded by it because, um, you know, why would you go remake Total Recall? It's kind of perfect as it is, the first one. Um, oh, don't shake your hand at me. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I remember being very skeptical of this. I heard that visually it looked great. 
Um, and it had some decent people attached to it, like Len Wiseman, who did the uh, the Underworld series, uh, and uh, it, obviously Colin Farrell's in it. So it had some it had some cachet as far as who was working on the film. Oh, Neil H. Moritz produced it, who is the producer of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, so it had some it had some cachet to it. But I've never seen it. Like I might have, I've caught little bits and pieces of it here and there. I think really just in clips from like interviews the actors were giving. But other than that, I haven't spent more than two minutes watching any part of this movie. Um. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, famously, if you remember, I had I hadn't seen the original Total Recall until right. we covered it on the podcast. So I definitely had not seen this one. Uh, I, again, maybe I'd seen like couple minutes here or there on tv or something but i never sat down and watched it um until this podcast so i don't really i didn't really know a lot going into it um i knew who was in it uh and i can say that i ended up purchasing this for 6.99 because i didn't want to rent it because i had to rent the other movie we watched so uh yeah but i guess it's available on stars if you have stars it is and we do so i was able to watch it on stars so i did not have to Pay for it in any way, shape, or well, that's not true. We pay for stars, but you know. Oddly, oddly enough, now I own both versions of Total Recall because I bought I bought the first one, the original two, uh, yep. when we watched it way back in the day, uh, and, and unfortunately, neither version is available on Tubi. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe the original is. Who knows? Uh, okay, <laughs> let's get into some numbers on this. Uh, the budget for this movie is $125 million. Wait, numbers you say? There it is. That, I know it's for work. something else. I was excited, though. Okay. So the budget is $125 million. Yikes. Uh, it goes on to have a, a domestic gross of $58 million. Uh, but then worldwide, it makes $198 million. So, I mean, it, it breaks even depending on you know like the the advertising and marketing and sure. stuff like that but it's but it's not it's not a runaway success no um the rotten tomatoes on it is 31 percent which is obviously a, a lot higher than the nine percent that beverly hills cop three got on rotten tomatoes uh and the audience score is 47 percent. so right about 50 <clears throat> close so yeah i'm actually uh, kind of surprised that they're that high. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not keeping your cards very close to the vest. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. Top grossing movies of 2012. Uh, number one is the only other movie we've ever covered in 2012 on the podcast, and it's uh, Marvel's The Avengers, which is yep. number one. Uh, number two is The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, which is surprisingly one of the only Batman movies we haven't covered on yeah, the podcast. It, really, we do we do? Um, <coughs> yeah, we did. We've done, we've done the first. We've two. done. We've done every, every, basically every big Batman movie besides Batman and Robin and The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, you're right. You, yeah, you're right. We really have. We even covered stupid Batman Forever. Yeah. Ugh. Uh. So Dark Knight Rises number two. <laughs> Uh, the Hunger Games is number three, which we talked about we might do at some point. Mm -hmm. That's the, the original? Uh, the original Hunger Games. Oh, I thought that, for whatever reason, I always thought that came out a while ago, like farther, like prior well, to this. Two, 
2012 is a while ago, just to clarify. No, I get it, but I thought it was, you know, longer ago than that. And then this movie, Total Recall, comes in 55th in the domestic box office. Okay. Uh, and then, okay. So this movie is directed by Len Wiseman. You got mm-hmm. anything on Len Wiseman? Yeah, I mean, he's responsible for um, the Underworld series. He's one of the creators, writers, directors, producers of the Underworld series. He directed Live Free or Die Hard. Um, he is sort of famous for working with Kate Beckinsale because that's his wife or was at, okay. at some point. Um, I think they're divorced now. Um yeah, so he he really he's responsible for Underworld. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus, the writing credits on this are insane. Yes. Uh, so it says it, it the screenplay is by Kurt Wimmer and Mark Bomack. Yep. It says screen story is by Ronald Shusett, Dan O'Bannon, John Povell, and Kurt Weimer. Based right. on the motion, based on the motion picture Total Recall screenplay by Ronald Schuster, Danny O'Bannon, and Gary Goldman, and also based on the motion picture Total Recall screen story by Russell Schuster, Dan O'Bannon, and John Povell. So cheese, oh Pete. Yeah, which is all based on um, the uh, uh, the uh, short from Philip K. Dick. We can remember it for you wholesale. Uh, and then the uh, music is by Harry Gregson Williams. Yeah. What do you got on him? Anything? He, yeah, he wrote all of the music for um, the Metal Gear Solids, the Metal Gear series. So he does all the music for that. He did the music for uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Rote Wardrobe and the Chronicles of Narnia series. Um, he's he's kind of a, you know, kind of a low rent, uh, I don't want to say low rent, but he's sort of a low rent Hans Zimmer. You know, he's uh, <laughs> low, low rent. Not, I don't want to say low rent, but I mean, he's like, he's not quite I Hans mean, Zimmer, you know, uh, Mar- Alan Silvestri level, but he's like kind of in that range ish. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it a couple I'm times. i say a couple more times uh, just to make sure people know. <laughs> uh, okay. So, as far as. Uh, people in this movie it's actually got a lot of recognizable people you got colin farrell uh brian cranston's in it eventually yeah. uh we talked about kate beckinsale mm-hmm. uh jessica beale our boy uh bokeem woodbines uh-huh. in this uh you also have small appearances by bill nighy and john cho i don't know if there's anyone else no that i mean that's, you wanted to that's mention. really it I, there is an uncredited cameo from ethan hawk that isn't in the normal version it's in the director's cut um which i did not watch i watched the standard I was version gonna, i was gonna say does that count if it's not in the original version no i, I don't know i don't know they he, he's listed everywhere in it as being an uncredited cameo but he doesn't actually show up until the director's cut later on which i don't know if it, i didn't watch the director's cut i don't know if it's any better or any worse gotcha uh, okay, you want to do some uh, net worths? Net worths, you say? Wait, hold on. Okay, one more time. Technology, guys, technology. We got it back. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, let's start with uh, Bokeem Woodbine. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Ghostbusters afterlife money. What do you think for Bokeem Woodbine? Ooh, he's got that sweet, sweet Halo TV series money. Um <laughs> 
um, which is actually really good, by the way. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, I watched two episodes and was like, this is not for me. Yeah, it might not be for you, but it gets a lot better. Uh, like, it, it's a slow burn in the first couple episodes, but then it gets really good. Uh, I'll go $5 million. $3 million for Bokeem. Bokeem Woodbine. Uh, next up is Kate Beckinsale. As we mentioned, she's got that sweet, sweet underworld money. What do you think for Kate Beckinsale? She's got that sweet, sweet Pearl Harbor money, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll go, I don't know. I got a feeling she made out when she uh, divorced uh, Len Wiseman and um, what's his name before that, who she cheated on to, to marry Len Wiseman. Um, do you know the story? What's his name? Uh, hold on, I gotta, I gotta find it. Now. Do, do you have to find it? I do. See, I brought it up. Now I gotta, now I gotta find it. She was married to uh, Michael Sheen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so she she cheated on Michael Sheen while they were making uh, Underworld with Len Wiseman, and then uh, married Len Wiseman. <laughs> gotcha. And then she's divorced from Len, Len Wiseman, as far as I know. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Let me put my uh, TMZ. What's your away. guess? I'll go $30 million. $25 million, so right. pretty close. Uh, next up, Jessica Beale. She's got that sweet, sweet, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry money. What do you think for Jessica Beale? Come on, she's got that sweet, sweet Blade Trinity money. Mm-hmm. See? You could have said that. I'm glad you didn't, though, because that's pretty much all I had. Uh, <laughs> I'll go $15 million. Ooh, $250 million See, for Jessica See, that's got to be rolled in with JT's money. I guess, but you could have factored that into your guess. So. I, I never know. I We never know how they do it, right? Hmm. We never know. Uh, next up, we got Brian Cranston. And for Jody, I will say that he has that sweet, sweet Malcolm in the Middle money. What do you think for Brian Cranston? He's got that sweet, sweet Power Rangers the movie money. Um, <laughs> which, again, not a terrible movie. It's actually pretty good. Uh, what what uh, uh, the Power Rangers the movie? No, no. Oh, the, the new the one. The re- Hell, it's not great, but anyways, we could have done that for a remake month almost. We could have. Oh, spoiler alert, we're not doing the Power Rangers one, but uh oh. <laughs> um maybe next time. Uh oh, we could do that for our um toys. Mm, yeah. Listen. Don't give away. It doesn't matter if we give it away or not. We're fine. Don't give away our trade secrets. But what's your guess for Brian Cranston? Uh I'll go seventy five million. $40 million, right. Brian Cranston. Uh, and finally, Colin Farrell, he's got that sweet, sweet minority report money. What do you think for Colin Farrell? He's got that sweet, sweet L.A. Confidential money. Uh, it's, I don't think he's in L.A. Confidential. Isn't he in L.A. Confidential? <laughs> I don't think so. That's Guy Pierce, uh, Russell Crowe, and um, I, just, I don't think it's Hold Colin on, now Farrell. Now i got to pull it up. I thought he was in it. No. I mean, if he is, he's not like a main character. Well, I'm pulling it up now. Hold on. Let's All right. see. Where's, where's the filmography? How do they not have his filmography on here? Uh, I mean, it's... Which I like Confidential is a good movie. Um, Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, and uh, Guy Pierce. Whatever. Also Fine. He's got that Kim sweet, Bas- sweet Daredevil money. Kim Basinger, James Cromwell. Not uh, in that's not him, huh? No, no, he's nope. not in here. Yeah, messed that yeah, one up. He's, Whatever, he's yeah. got Daredevil money. That's fine. Uh, I'll go thirty-five million. 
uh, $80 million. Hey, good for uh, him. You could have said... Uh, he could have said he's got that sweet, sweet, the Batman body when he's like, hey, sweet on, or whatever he says as the penguin. Anyways. Uh, okay. <laughs> what? He says something like I know. That. I got you. I get you. Uh, okay. Uh, how about some taglines for uh, 2012's Total Recall? Yep. Here you go. First off, you got, what is real? Okay. Next, you got, is it real? Is it recall? Okay. Then you got real or dream. I feel like then, there's a theme to these. And then you have what is real, what is recall. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's. I see what the they're. Tag. I see what they're going there. Going with there. They're pr- pretty unimaginative. Imaginative. Um, uh, I did think it was interesting that I mentioned that uh, Colin Farrell was one of the stars of Minor- Minority Report, which we've covered on this podcast. And remember how that was originally going to be developed as a sequel to the original Total Recall. So Yes, also based on a Philip K. Dick uh, short story. Right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, anything that you specifically want to mention before we start talking about the plot of Total Recall 2012? Um, specifically want to mention, (laughs) no, not really, not until we kind of get into the plot. There's, yeah, there's really not a whole lot. Yeah, let's just get in the plot. Okay, I'm going to start the plot summary by reading the very long, uh, kind of, it's not a crawl, but there's a lot of text that pops up at the video. I wrote it all down, so I'm going to read it all for you. At the end of the 21st century, global chemical warfare, le- global chemical warfare let, the pl- let the planet nearly uninhabitable. Living space is now Earth's most valuable resource. Only two territories remain, the United Federation of Britain and the colony. Still going. Workers from the colony travel through the planet each day on the only transport possible, the fall. Uh, and we should mention that the colony is like Australia, right? Yes. Like, yep. so uh, it's the Australian continent. So not just Australia; it's the whole. Yeah. So like New Zealand, then New Zealand, yeah. <clears throat> so so anyway, so yes, and they they travel. The fall basically <laughs> he travels through the Earth's core to get to Britain, but I didn't quite understand that because I feel like it is like Britain on the other side of the world from Australia, <laughs> like on the. I don't know. I didn't. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, I, I guess it, it sort of makes. I don't know if it's exactly parallel. I don't know if maybe the tunnel bends a little bit. Maybe it's not quite a straight shot. Maybe there's a little bit of a trail that it goes through. But yeah. Uh, essentially, yeah, it's a giant elevator that drops via the force of gravity through the planet. Until it gets to the core where the gravity reverses. And then it has to then, you know, go through the earth and up to the, the Britain, essentially. It's it's weird. It's weird the way it does it. I don't know how anything survives going through the core of the earth. Um, there's a lot of weird physics going on with this thing. Yes. Uh, okay. So that is all the, the long start to this movie. Uh, we start with Colin, Colin Farrell. He wakes up, and it seems like he's in a hospital. 
uh, Jessica Biel is there, and they like uh, you know they start shooting a bunch of dudes. And I was confused uh, later to find out that they are robots. But I was like, whoa, are they shooting robots? Because it looked like they were robots there. I guess they call them synthetics in this movie. Yes, that's right. Um, so uh, then ca- they're, they're trying to get away, but Colin Farrell ends up getting caught by like it's kind of like a gun that shoots like these like electrical ropes or like tentacles and like captures them. Yeah, just think um, of like an electrified bolo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, but then, like, then he wakes up, uh, and he's actually in bed with Kate Beckinsale, uh, and he keeps talking about it. He, keeps, he keeps having this dream. It's like the same dream he keeps having. Uh, they say on the they see on the news how there's a big train bombing in uh, in Britain, the United Federation of Britain. It was supposedly done by the um, uh, what do they call them? The terrorist uh, organization. I can't think of the name of it. Um. The... So. I don't know. I didn't write it down. Okay. So we, it's we really see, not that important. Right. Uh, so we, we see the colony and it's kind of like a really overcrowded city. It, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, like the mega cities and like judge dread, you know? Yeah. It's it just did. like, it's just like a lot of stuff packed into like tiny spaces, you know, like in, on top of each other and stuff. Yeah. It looked like that. It looked a lot like blade runner is the same way. Um, it's that sort of, Blade Runner. The whole movie kind of has a Blade Runner aesthetic to it, just not as dark. <laughs> remember, remember what the, we don't we don't often uh, or we we try not to at all when when we're watching the movies like message or send anything about the movies. Save it all for the podcast. Do you remember the only thing you messaged me about this movie? Yes, uh, this movie is uh, Lens Flare the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there are a lot of oh my god, of, like. 2012 was peak lens flare for every movie ever made. It was, it is distracting. There is so much lens flare in this movie. It is so overexposed. It is unreal. It hurt my eyes. People with, people with uh, light sensitivity and epilepsy should not watch this movie. Um, so then he, uh, we have, we have our Bokeem Woodbine sighting. Bokeem is his buddy. They work at the factory together. Um, they take the fall, which we already discussed what the fall does to get to their job at the Federation of Britain. Did you see what it said, what book he was reading when, on, when he was in the fall? Did you see what, uh, what they said he was reading? I did, but I don't remember what it is now. Uh, Ian Fleming's The Spy Who Loved Me is That's what he's right. reading. Uh, I did not catch that until I saw it on the Internet Movie Database. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Uh, they work at a factory making uh, the synthetics, mm-hmm. uh, and Colin Farrell is bummed out because he's trying to get a promotion, <laughs> and he does not. Uh, so then they go back to the colony, and him and Bokeem Woodbine hang out and drink some beers. Um, so then he decides to go to, like I guess, the colony's uh, red light district, because he's kind of already been talking about recall. Recall is like the same thing it is in the original one where they can basically put memories in your head. So you think that you have like an experience that you haven't had, like, Oh, I went on a vacation or I did this and that. So I, I do feel like <laughs> the, uh, the original one, as much as I'm not a huge fan of it, does a better job of kind of explaining why he wants to go to recall. Yeah. Cause he keeps having these dreams about like Mars and stuff like that. And it doesn't really in the original and this one, it's kind of like, you don't really quite understand why he wants to go to recall. So yeah, much. they sort of imply it because he sees a commercial for it and there's like a bit of a poster for it, but he doesn't ever, <clears throat> he doesn't ever um, like express a desire to go on vacation or to, you know, 
or or to live this other thing. He doesn't want to go be a spy. He's not really specifically sick of his life. He mm-hmm. is just kind of frustrated at the fact that he's not getting a promotion. Promotion. So they don't really explain why he wants to go to recall. Yeah. No, they don't. But he goes, <clears throat> oh, but before he goes, we get a callback to the original again. We get a three-boob lady show up, which sure I'm do. like, I had, a, I had a conversation with uh, – uh, frequent uh, podcast guest, the Tush today, which who we could not convince to be on this episode. We tried and failed. Um, which is weird because he was, said he was going to be on, didn't he? He said, and then you know, you know, the yeah, Tush, he's, he's a little, yeah. he's a little flaky. We could say whatever we want. He doesn't actually listen to the episodes. Uh, but he was like, what "Oh yeah, Drake." Oh, sorry, because he's like, "Yeah, I didn't want to see it because it's not rated R." And I'm like, "Well, it had to be rated R. There was a three boob lady in it." It is not. So nope. for some reason, some reason, I guess if it's three boobs, you're allowed to show it. If it's or, an alien, because she was blue, right? No, she wasn't blue. She was just normal. She was like, she just looked like a human. She didn't look really weird or anything. She was just like a human. She opened up her shirt. She had three boobs. Dave claims that you're able to show boobs if it's like in a non-sexual way. So maybe that's why. Or maybe, maybe. they're like, because there's maybe it's like because there are three of them. I don't know. I you know. know what? I don't know how the MPAA works for that. I don't know what if, their three boob policy is. If um, anyone, if anyone listening <clears throat> has any insight as to why you can show three boobs and not two in a PG thirteen movie, let us know. Maybe, uh, you know what? Maybe odd numbers of boobs are allowed. Maybe so you can show like a five boob person, but not sure. a four boob person. That's right. Well, anyways, that's you know a mystery. But uh, so he goes to recall. Uh, and, and you know, you remember who is the uh, the head like scientist or guy running the recall? I believe it was uh, is it John Cho. It's John Cho. It is John Cho. His- Harold himself. Harold himself for like four minutes of screen time. Uh, so they're gonna give him a secret agent memory, but then uh, it it goes all haywire when they yeah they try they try to plant the memory. But because he actually is a secret agent, what like they, yeah, what they say is the fantasy you have can't have any elements of your current life at all. Otherwise, your brain gets confused, and it can cause you know irreparable damage. So it has to be a completely made up thing that doesn't have any elements of your current life. Um, and so they go to give him the secret agent implant and realize. Oh crap! This dude must have been a secret agent or some portion of it, uh, because the machine's going crazy. Yes, so it goes crazy. Then, like all these soldiers show up, uh, John Co, John Co, John Cho immediately gets taken out. See a John Cho. Yep. Uh, it looks it looks like Colin Farrell's going to get arrested, but then he like, and my note says he kills a comical amount of soldiers because <laughs> he gets like a gun and he like. Seriously, like shoots like I don't know, like twenty guys. It seems like yeah, takes it was them all out. it was a scene straight up out of the Born Identity. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it was he just was like oh I don't know what I'm doing with my hands, and then all of a sudden they start working. It was bizarre. Uh, I did like the um, you know some of the some of the future tech in this work, some of it didn't, but I did like sure. like the bullet thing that they shot where it turned into like a bunch of cameras. All yeah, that in the was room. cool. That's a so great idea. Could, so they could see what was going on. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so Colin Farrell escapes. Uh, he goes back home, uh, and, and much like in the first one, it turns out that Kate Beckinsale is not really his wife. They have a big fight, um, and, and, they, and they find out that his memory was replaced. And like I said, that Kate Beckinsale is just pretending to be his wife. Right. Um, the, he runs away. She chases him. Um, 
He fights a robot. Uh, I actually kind of like this chase scene. I thought it was kind of kind of well done and kind of yeah. like through the through the terrain and all the stuff. I, I I did like it. Um, and then he, you know what it reminded oh, me of? It reminded mm-hmm. me of a combination of the chase scene in um, uh, Casino Royale, and yeah, 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 and the the highway chase scene in was it Minority Report where he's on the cars that are on the. Uh, thing it was like a but a much better combination of those two things yeah 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 so um so then he like he like randomly gets like it's like he hears a ringing and he has like a phone like implanted in his hand yeah which is weird like do people just not have phones anymore and they only have them in their hands or is it just like if you're special you can get it implanted in your hand because it seemed like later on that kid was super like whoa that's crazy and like kate beckinsale has one in her hand but like it's confusing too because like well obviously we learned that like he probably put it in there or whatever but like he's supposedly in his new identity is poor so he why how could he afford that um but anyways uh so he gets a call he goes you just had to put it on glass and he talks to some dude named hammond uh, and Hammond's like tells him something about getting the key and all this stuff, um, and then he uses a broken bottle to cut the phone out of his hand, which is which weird is, that he knew how to do that. And it's weird yeah. how it sort of slides out of his hand. Can you imagine how yeah, gross kinda, that would be? He kind of just cuts a hole and it's like, Groop, and then it's like, <laughs> he oh, pulls it out. That would be unbelievably gross. Um, then, uh, so Kate Beckinsale talks to Brian Cranston making his first appearance and then his only appearance for like another, like 45 minutes in this movie. Yeah. He does not have a lot of screen time in this for being the main villain. So, um, Colin Farrell gets away. He, uh, goes to uh, a bank to get a safe deposit box. And I can't remember where he gets the clue to go to the bank. Um, Oh, it was in oh the guy he called the the guy I think told him Hammond Hammond yeah Hammond told him some numbers or something. John, he said to, John he said John go, Hammond yeah he rubbed his uh, it's not John Hammond he rubbed his cane with the with the with the mosquito in it and he said welcome to Jurassic Park and then they he tells he tells him that he spared no expense he spared no expense and then told him uh, which you know. Uh, which building on the island he should go to uh, and to watch out for the T-Rex. So he goes to the safe deposit box. He like opens it up. There's a lot of like passports. I think there's a gun and cash. He watches a video of himself yeah. uh, that basically tells him to go to his apartment, uh, his actual apartment, which is in Britain. Um, he, uh, when he's going through customs, we get that great callback to the two week lady uh-huh. <laughs> because it was that the actual lady or just someone no, who looked like her? That's just someone it's who just, looked like her. Cause yeah, I think because she died like prior to the movie being this movie being made because you see her and she looks like her and they're like, how long are you here? And she's like two weeks. And then like, you're like, Oh, is this going to be her? But then it turns out it's like the person behind is Colin Farrell yeah. and he is wearing the, like a disguise. Not even a disguise. He's got that cool like thing that he wears around his neck that projects a hologram like mask essentially yeah, yeah. It's which neat. was one of, which i think was one of the things in his safe deposit box actually yeah. mm-hmm. it was um so but the disguise messes up so he ends up getting chased uh we run into some uh something that shows up a lot on the last action podcast some dumb looking future cars yeah some of them are it's so weird too because like there's a bunch of cars on the street that are just like regular cars 
And then there's mm-hmm. a bunch of cars in the air that are not regular cars. Like I do have to, say, I do have to say though, I kind of liked like the aerial freeway, like how it would work. You go to the side and it would like take you down, and then you'd be un- driving underneath and stuff. I agree, kinda that like part's a- cool. But why would anybody still have the old style cars at that point? Well, I think it's probably a status thing, right? Like if you can afford a future car, you have a future car. But if you're poor, you probably live on the ground and have like, I don't know, maybe it just this movie is so weird, like. With the technology, it's it's very, I don't know, it, it just, I don't know, I have an issue with that part of it, but I always do for these movies. Anyway, proceed. So it looks like he's going to get caught, but then uh, Jessica Beale shows up and saves him. They have like a big, long chase scene where Kate Beckinsale's chasing him. Um, they get away by basically like, because they're like, it's like electromagnets that are like yeah. holding him to this. And he like cuts them and they somehow like fall all the way to the actual ground and are fine. And it's funny that you mentioned that already because I have a note. And I'm like, wait, there's still normal cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb that that part of it irritates me. The fact that they would still have and not even like modern looking old cars. They are old cars. They are cars from that are old even now. They're old. Even in 2012, they would have been old-looking cars. It is bizarre. Um, so they 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 fall out of the sky. Jessica Beale's kind of messed up in the crash, but she's not dead. Uh, Colin Farrell takes her to his apartment, uh, or his apartment as I guess we haven't mentioned like what 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 are his two names in this again? Do we have? He's oh, Douglas Quaid, Quaid, Douglas Quaid, and um, Hauser. Uh, Car- Carl Hauser. So Douglas Quaid is his fake. Who yes. they make him think he is, right? And Hauser is who he actually is, right? That's so. Right. Th- so that so they go to Hauser's apartment. Um, he starts kind of looking through all the stuff. He knows how to play the piano. That you know what I immediately some- thought <laughs> when he started playing the piano. I immediately thought of the uh, Simpsons Planet of the Apes <laughs> musical. <laughs> can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> well, of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's a good reference. So he's playing. <laughs> Sorry. He's playing the he's playing the piano, and then he realizes that one of the notes doesn't sound right, and that he apparently got that was one of the things he got out of the safe deposit box. So he replaces it, and when he hits yeah, it, it plays black, another one of the black keys. Yep. He, yeah, and it plays another uh, message from Colin Farrell to Colin Farrell, and basically, I, I'm going to say this, and then it, it's much like the original one, but if I get it wrong, so he was Hauser, yeah. who was. In the employ of Brian Cranston, who yes. was like, a, and he was like a secret agent. They had him infiltrate the resistance. Yep. But then he ended up joining them. Yes. And he apparently found out some information, and they wanted to trick him into revealing the information. So when they captured him, they brainwashed, they erased his memories and gave him the fake Quaid memories and put Kate Beckinsale there to watch him. Yeah, they um, <clears throat> there's some kind of code that he has in his brain that can be used to shut down something that Brian Cranston is using. I don't know what it's it the, is. It, it's the synthetics. The I synthetics, think they say yes, that that's right. It's a code. It's a shutdown, universal shutdown code for all the synthetics, um, which is that's what that's what he's doing. He is that's what uh, uh, Cranston's doing is he's building up this army of synthetics so he can replace all the workers with synthetics and not have to pay anybody. 
Oh, no, I don't think that's his plan. I, his plan is he wants to build up a lot of synthetics because they're running out of space in Britain, and he wants to take over the colony so they can kill everyone in the colony and move into it and have space for it. And he's building an army of synthetics so he's able to go and take over the colony. Right, and then I think the other part of it was he was going to use the synthetics then to run everything because they mm. need the people from the <laughs> colony to run things. Uh, I think you added that part in because you're uh-huh. wrong. All right, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is... They plant the false memory in there of him having the key code and of the new identity and make him into Quaid. So they go to leave the apartment, but there's a bunch of like the the army there and uh, Bokeem Woodbine shows up and he tries to convince him. He's like, hey, man, you're still at recall, like all this, you know, like you're having like a breakdown and like. They make him think that Kate Beckinsale's wife out there still, and she's sad. And like, he's like, "Oh, the only thing you have to do to get out of here is you have to kill Jessica Biel." Uh, but uh, Colin Farrell doesn't believe it, and he ends up killing Bokeem Woodbine because yeah. Bokeem Woodbine was working for Brian Cranston this whole time. Yeah. Question he, mark. Yeah, he was working for Brian Cranston to keep an eye on Colin Farrell at work. Okay. Right. I don't know how, how uh, does he. I don't remember how does he realize that. Bookie Woodbine's faking it. I can't remember. Uh, he says there's uh, a reason. I don't know what it was, though. He does say there's a reason, but I didn't write it down. Yeah, I don't remember what it is. And I don't remember, so... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Moving on. Uh, okay, so they get in these... Ele- the elevators in the building are weird because they go up and down, but also sideways, I think. Yeah, they kind of move in all directions. It's really strange. Uh, the way it works. And, and there's like a chase scene and Kate Beckinsale doesn't care. She, I feel like she murders a lot of civilians in this chase scene. <laughs> They're just like shooting away and taking, mowing down people. They have a big fight uh, in the elevator yeah. uh, and, and, and Colin Farrell and Jessica Biel end up sca- escaping. Um, and he, they're like, all right, well, we got to go take you to Matthias because he's the only person who can get what's in your brain out of your brain. Um, so Matthias oh, is and hiding. Matthias is the leader of the resistance. Right. Yep. And he's hide he's hiding in the no zone, which are the areas basically outside of the cities where you can't that are still like because of whatever the chemical warfare was. Yeah. Like they're they're uninhabitable unless you have like a breathing mask. Although it seems like they're inside and stuff, so couldn't they like work something out where like they could move people in there? Anyways. I don't know. Um, you would think. So uh he Colin Farrell talks to Matthias. Uh, and they have a machine where they're going to get the information out of Colin Farrell's head. So they put him in and they start up the machine. But then it turns out it was a trap all along. And Brian Cranston was using him so he could find Matthias. So like right. when they hook him up to the machine, it basically leads them to where uh, Matthias is hiding out because they didn't know. Yeah, the whole thing, even the code is a fake and an implanted memory. And they use that to track down Matthias so they can kill him to stop the resistance from going any farther. Right, because there's actually no, like, shutdown code for the synthetics. Like, that was all a lie. So uh, Brian Cranston kills Matthias, ending Bill Nighy's, like, five minutes of screen time in this movie. Yep, he's good. He's good. Uh, And and so they leave. They take Jessica Biel. I can't remember why they just don't kill Jessica Biel. Oh, I think maybe they're going to blame stuff on her, or I don't know why. Uh, yeah, but I they think don't they're going to use her as a scapegoat. 
so they're they're going to give Colin Farrell back his old memories, and it looks like he's going to get him. But then, like oh, the guard show guard, one of the guards there helps him, and it turns out the guards Hammond, that guy that he talked to on the phone. So Hammond helps him escape, but then Hammond also gets uh, killed. <laughs> so uh, Brian Cranston uh, takes Jessica Biel and, and Kate Beckinsale and all the synthetics, and they all load up in the fall because they're going down to the colony to take it over. Uh, so Colin Farrell goes there. He rescues um, Jessica Biel. There's a lot of like shootout. I do like the the bullets and zero gravity. Yeah. Like how he's how he's like using them to like propel himself in like yeah. different directions and stuff. That like, was very cool. That stuff's all pretty cool. Um, but uh, Colin Farrell ends up get getting caught again. Uh, Jessica Biel shows up in one of the, whatever the flying video vehicle is. Um, they kind of did, they, they remind me a lot of the vehicles that they flew around in, in minority report actually. Yeah. They were uh, a lot like that. Uh, so she takes a bunch of dudes out with like the guns on the flying thing. Uh, then we have a, uh, a fight <laughs> between Colin Farrell and Brian Cranston, which seems which is, a lot closer. Which is laughable. <laughs> This is like if uh, Tush was here, it'd be like that time. Remember, he tried to convince us that James Caan could hold his own against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I don't think so. Not, not, <laughs> not going to happen. So, <laughs> Colin yeah, Farrell. So sorry. Colin Farrell. I'm thinking about this fight. Look, it was ridiculous. Moving on. It was it was a bad fight. Uh, and then, like, you think he kills Brian Canson, Brian Canson, Cranston, because he stabs him. And then when he stabs him, seemingly kill him, he says. Say hello to my wife for me, which I couldn't quite figure out why. Like why he said that? Because did he think that uh, Kate Beckinsale was dead at the time? Or yeah, I don't remember because she was she had gotten uh, she, she she blew up in the, uh, the when the plane well, crashed. That, well, well, no, 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 no. She didn't blow up in the plane crash. Uh, what what I forgot to mention was when they when he first gets to the fall, he he plants a bunch of explosives all over the place. Oh, so and yeah. then. And then when they're when they're going to like disembark with the synthetics, like all the bombs start going off, and they make you think that she gets caught in the explosion. Right, right. That's what it was. But she ends up not getting caught in the explosion. <clears throat> right. So, but but then it turns out that like Brian Cranston, when I thought he was dead, he wasn't dead <laughs> because then all the explosions start going off, and him and like Jessica Biel jump off to the side because uh, the the fall is kind of like a big, it's like a big tower, and it's like a it's like a tower you load in, and it like shoots it down. So they kind of jumped to the railings away from the big tower. Right. But it turned out that Brian Cranston wasn't dead when he got stabbed, but then he gets blown up, so he is dead. Yes. Um, so then, like, Colin Farrell wakes up, and it looks like he's in a hospital again. And, like, uh, Jessica Beale's there, and it's, like, you know, trying to, like, uh, basically it ends up that it's Kate Beckinsale, and she's trying to convince him because she's wearing one of those she's hologram. She's the, the hologram mask things, right. A hologram mask thing, making her think that it was, uh, uh, but he figures it out because she doesn't have the scar. Because in the movie, uh, or when they were trying to escape, and they both they both got shot through the hand way early on that dream he kept having. So they both had like scars, and he sees that Kate Beckinsale doesn't have the scar on her hand from the bullet. Right. Uh, so he ends up killing her, uh, and, and then reunites with Jessica Biel. And I guess we're supposed to believe that now the colony is going to be like independent. Finally, or it is going to be independent because they can't, they don't really have any way to get to Britain now because the fall's been destroyed. Yeah, the fall's been destroyed. It'll take them months, if not years, to rebuild it. So they sort of are on their own and are going to become their own independent nation at this point, which, you know, 
doesn't seem to solve their problem because there's still an overcrowding issue and uh, there's all that going on. Um, but yeah, uh, congratulations for independence. Right. And and that's it. That, that's, that's the end of total recall 2012. So, yeah. um, trying to think if I had anything else specific, uh, Brian Cranston doesn't appear until almost 90 minutes in the movie. <clears throat> Uh, not, I couldn't find a lot on this movie as far as like like the making of itself. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of back and forth between the actors about whether or not this is a remake of the movie itself or a remake of the short story. Um, some of them were saying it's just a remake of the short story and not a remake of the movie. Some are saying it's a full remake of the movie. I think the consensus is it's just a remake of the movie because there's a lot of characters and elements in this that aren't in the original story that were made up for the mo- from the original movie. Right. Um, what about uh, role reversals? I do. I have several role reversals for this. Okay. Uh, initially, for Melina, which is uh, Jessica Biel's character, Scarlett Johansson was cast in it, but had to drop out because she had to film Avengers. Okay. Um, and then other options were Rosario Dawson, Paula, okay. Paula Patton, and Eva Mendez. Okay. okay. I think they would have all been fine. For Lori, which is um, uh, Kate Beckinsale's character, uh, they had Kate Bosworth. Okay. Uh, Diane Kruger and Eva okay. Mendez. But then they were like, well, but this is my wife, so let's cast yeah, her. Yeah, so we'll just cast her. <laughs> uh, and then for Quaid, initially they were going to go with Tom Hardy. But Ooh, I would have liked that. He turned it down. Or Michael Fassbender, he turned it down. And so it went to Colin uh, Farrell instead. Yeah, Tom Hardy would have been pretty good Pretty good in this. Yeah, I would have liked Tom Hardy in this. I mean, I, I didn't mind Colin Farrell in this. No, but, he was fine. Um, but uh, Tom Hardy would have been cool because Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy makes everything better. I mean, he's Mad Max. Yeah, he does kind of make it. everything better. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't. know. I got nothing else. Do we want to just write this mofo? Sure. Do you have anything else? Not really. No. Like you said, there's not a ton about the making of. So. All right. Let's see if this thing works now. Yep, it worked. Look at that. Brilliant. Now, now let me ask you this. Uh, you can decide how you want to play it. I, I I do have our ratings, our machine gun ratings of the original Total Recall. Now, do you want to hear what they are before we give our ratings for this one or after we give our ratings for this one? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can give um, – we'll do it I after. Think we should do, I think we should do after so they don't influence no, for some reason. Um, <clears throat> do you want me to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Do you can it. go second. Um. I, you know, I, I, I gotta say, I, di- I didn't really mind this movie. Like, I, I, I didn't, I, I kind of thought I was gonna hate it, and I didn't, I didn't really hate it. Like, I kind of felt that it was, like, yes, it obviously borrows and it plays on elements of the original movie, but I kind of thought that it made itself different enough where it wasn't like just <clears throat> retreading the whole thing. Um, I, I, I liked the performances for the most part in it. Um, I, I mean, it's not a great movie. Like, I'm not going to hear sit here and be like, "Oh, it's great. It's better than the original" or anything like that. I classically, I didn't really like the original, and I didn't think this was better than the original. But I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was going to be garbage going into it, and I didn't. It, it wasn't garbage. Some of the some of the action sequences were cool. 
some of the technology was cool in it. The 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 uh, performances are good. So I, I didn't mind it. Like I I mean I I wouldn't necessarily well I own it now, but I wouldn't necessarily like kick down the door to watch it again. But I expected it to be hot garbage, and it was you know it was fine. So I'm going to give it um, two machine guns. Two machine guns. You think it's fine, and you're going to give it less than. Look, I'm not saying raise your score or anything, but I'm saying your reasoning doesn't match your rating. Well, the problem is, is that I, based on what I gave the original one, which I know, uh, I can't, if I were to do any more, I'd be higher than what I gave the original. Well, that's your fault. You can, you can retroactively change your previous one. Uh, Well, I wouldn't want to change the previous one. I mean, at most, I mean, like at most I'd give this two and a half. I don't think it's great. I just I, I, I think you're misunderstanding because I'm not saying that I think it's a great movie. I just thought it was going to be absolute freaking garbage and it wasn't. It was okay. actually kind of entertaining. So All right, that's fine. Um <clears throat> uh, I mean I'm pretty similar to you. Uh it looks really good as far as visually, except for the lens flares. There's just too much of that garbage. Um but that's all movies in this era. There's just a lot of it. Um performances were good. Um, I thought the story was fine. You know, it was a little muddled. You don't really understand Colin Farrell's motivation for even going to recall in the first place. Um, but you know, it, and you're right. You're, you're right. As far as it distinguishing itself as a separate movie and not just like a rehash of the first one, mm-hmm. the fight sequences are good or the action sequences are good. Um, my big issue with it is it lacks all of the charm that the original had. Like, all of the silly, campy ridiculousness that really made me like the first movie, none of that's in here. This movie takes itself too seriously. Like, there's not enough... There's not. It's, there's nothing fun about this movie. Like, it's just a sci-fi movie. Like, it's very generic. It doesn't really feel like anything special. Um... It's, you know, it's worth a watch just once if you've seen the original, but if you haven't seen the original, I wouldn't recommend watching this movie because uh, you really don't. It's not a not a great movie to just sit and watch with no context to it. Like this movie makes a lot more sense. Not, not, it doesn't make a lot more sense, but this movie is a lot more enjoyable to watch with the context of having watched the original. I think. See, but let me offer a, 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 a counterpoint to that. Sure. Uh, we don't fall into but If you have no knowledge of the first one and you go in and you watch this independent and you're not comparing it or have any preconceived notions about anything else going into it. I still don't. I still think it lacks all the fun. But you don't you don't know that you're missing the fun if you haven't seen the original. I mean, I know when I'm watching a movie that, it, that when it's not fun, whether the original is there, whether I've seen an original of it or not, I, I know when something's not fun. Um, not all movies are fun, though. Yeah, and I usually write them the same as what I'm going to write this one. <laughs> all right. Well, what's your rating on I, it? I'm going to go two and a half machine guns with this one. I think it's right down the middle. I think if you, it's a pretty standard sci-fi action movie with decent acting. Story's kind of meh. Um, but it's not a terribly fun movie to watch. So gotcha. maybe watch it once, but don't expect too much out of it. Uh, okay. So uh, going back to kind of why I gave this one a two, I gave the original total recall two and a half machine guns. Right. Um, 
I was not, famously not a fan of that movie. Uh, I haven't revisited it, but I, I still don't know if I'd love it. Do you have any idea of what you think you gave the original Total Recall? I probably gave it like a four. You actually gave it four and a half machine okay. guns. I thought it was other. I love that movie. I love the original. What do you think uh, uh, our former co-host Sphinx gave it? Oh, you know what? I think I remember that he liked this for the most part. I'm going to go. Did he give it three and a half? He gave it four machine did guns. He? Okay. So. I remember him liking <laughs> it more than I expected. Yeah, that was a surprise. You wouldn't think that this is a movie. And it's funny because I didn't I didn't re-listen to the whole episode. Uh, I just was trying to just listen to our scores. Uh, but in his review, he was talking about, like, I, I think you were giving him a hard time because you were telling it, saying it was a lot like RoboCop. But he was like, oh, it didn't have all the satire that RoboCop had. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, which um, it does. <laughs> Whatever. He's not on the uh, show anymore. He can fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, he was just happy that it wasn't a movie about AI taking over the world, his biggest nightmare. So yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so but I think we can say with confidence that the original is better oh, than yeah. this one, but not as bad as I was anticipating. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I said, but then again, maybe I would have felt different if I had if I liked the original more. So to me, they're they're pretty close. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, I got nothing else for this movie. Um, there, it's weird. It's so weird that there's, you know, and I think that this is th- this point I'm about to make is a good indication of what this movie is. There's not a lot to talk about. You know what I mean? No. Like, no, no I, I got you. Yeah. There's just it's not so bad that there's plenty to talk about, and it's not so good that there's plenty to talk about. It's just it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I mean, hey, we have ones like that uh, where we talk about movies and it's like, hey, you know what? It's fine, but it's not. I feel not like, I feel like this entire month is going to be episodes like this. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, I, I'm thinking about what we're the last movie we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> you're it, right. It's a it's a little out there, but I think that that was going to be. I'm glad uh, we're saving it for uh, last. A lot of fun. But I will say this um, this remake month. I actually haven't. None of the movies that we're doing mm-hmm. for Remake Month have I seen before. They're all, they're all fresh viewings for me. So I'd seen one of them, but uh, so yeah, I have not seen yeah, hadn't seen the others. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, you know, obviously you're listening to us. We're you know we're the Last Action Podcast. We are available every Monday where podcasts are available. This is a new year. More uh, theme months are coming up. Uh, new technology, as you can see, uh, as you can hear. Uh, you can check us out and uh, on, on Instagram and maybe Twitter. I don't know. We'll see how long that lasts. Again, uh, Facebook, we're available. But the primary place, you can chat with us 24 hours a day. We're probably not going to respond 24 hours a day, but you can send <laughs> us a message 24 hours a day, is on Discord. So if you go to GameZillaMedia.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, Click on the Discord link. You can join our Discord, or you can just type in GameZilla Media Discord or Last Action Podcast Discord or Last Action Podcast. You can find us. Search us. We're available uh, on pre- every major platform you can think of. Uh, mm-hmm. And tell your friends. You know, we get new people popping in all the time that uh, suddenly discover us. And um, what's nice about our episodes is they don't really have a timestamp on them. So you can go back and listen to them anytime you want. And, um, you know, it's not going to feel dated. 
Uh, right. And our and our uh, our back catalog is is fairly extensive. Now <laughs> it is. Point. Yeah. As we were talking, that the original Total Recall is episode seventy. So maybe go back and listen to that one after you listen to this one. Yeah, it'll definitely um, be a different different experience. Like pre pandemic episodes have a much different feel than post pandemic episodes. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, you're right. The Discord is where you know we love talking to people in the Discord. Um, it's where we interact with people the most. And yeah, I'd I'd say we both check it fairly. Fairly, fairly. I mean, I know I know. I check it quite often every day. Just pull it up and check it out. So if you're looking to get in touch with us or shoot us a movie suggestion or, or whatever, um, that's that's the best place to do it. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Not really. I mean, I, I brought up Tubi already. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tubi's great. It's free. Uh, you have to watch some commercials, but they're minimal. Uh, but unfortunately, this movie that we watched was not on Tubi. So Not on um, Tubi. That's okay. Maybe the next one is. Maybe it wasn't. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing. So all right, cool. Well, in that case, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>